0: Welcome to the Subscription League, a podcast by purchasing. Listen to what's working in subscription apps. In each episode, we invite leaders of the app industry who are mastering the subscription model for mobile apps. To learn more about subscriptions, head to subscriptionleague.com. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, I'm thrilled to be with Thomas Clavelou and Jeff. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Hi, guys. So everybody knows Jeff, but Thomas, you're the new guy on the podcast and you're chief data officer at Molotov, which is a French TV streaming platform and a scale-up. I'm sure that has been tons of fun. Can you tell us more about it?
1: Yeah. Um, it, it's been three years now I'm uh, in Molotov TV. It's a scallop that's been created in 2016, and the main goal is to dramatically change the way people uh, get accustomed to consuming TV, uh, mostly in their sofa on the sitting room. So basically, the idea was to provide a comprehensive experience on the on the TV landscape, uh, whatever the device with a seamless continuity from mobiles to desktop to smart TVs to dongles that can your your ancient TVs, and basically the idea was to provide features that dramatically changed the way people experienced TV scrolling in the content, enjoying highly quality features such as a virtual recording, preventing you to connect any SSD to your TV decoder. So this is the kind of experience that we can provide.
0: Yeah, those are all the old details that we don't think about when we're just watching TV on our end. Uh, So before that, you've worked in a few startups before and some large company, always around data management experience. Any of those experiences that stick out that you want to tell us about?
1: Yeah, basically it's been uh, 10 years that I've uh, enjoyed several positions on on the TV landscape. And what is really interesting to look at is the way people tend to democratize the way they interact with data management and and insights from the data-driven way of of Mm -hmm. thinking. Lately, we have uh, enjoyed a worldwide boost from AI, whether generative, whether development, whether assets, whether video or or photo pictures. So this is a really enjoyable, Landscape to serve the wing in, uh, and this is um yeah this is kind of an enjoyable position. Um, the main challenge is, is to be able to to remain on the on the page mm-hmm. and and to be able to follow the development and, and to and to be able to how to put this to nurture talent to be ensure that uh, you you maintain the pace you not get outdated from whether solutions whether vendors whether market trends whether some insightful solutions has been created uh, over the Atlantic or some insightful vendors that's been created in Tel Aviv. We know we know ways how it has changed the, the way people interact to the market. And this is just the same mm-hmm. for the TV landscape. You get some solutions that get created or that get been purchased or that get vanished. And this is interesting to follow that movement. Mm-hmm.
0: And so maybe the biggest job that you've had so far is actually your dad and you have two daughters. And I'm sure it's been challenging. And I'm wondering if you've been able to apply your uh, data background to that <laughs> job too or not.
1: No. <laughs> definitely, I I try to prevent those from being uh, insightful and 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 OKR okay driven. So definitely, this is this is not the the way I, I thought about this. Um, I I just want to highlight the fact that we are living uh, such a challenging professional experience and we are 24-7 a day Mm -hmm. highly connected to those landscapes and what is really interesting when you jump to personal position of a father is that you wipe out all the context all the pressure all the challenge that you get inherited from your office to your home and that is interesting (laughs) this is the only moment uh, being a father when you you you're obliged to wipe out and to deal with the basic of raising children and ensuring you raise them right and you Mm -hmm. are able to transfer the, what is good? What is wrong? To build them their personalities, and this is the most challenging way of nurturing talent and make them grow by themselves. I would say,
2: <laughs> getting two kids ready for school at eight AM is quite a challenge. Too. <laughs>
1: absolutely.
0: absolutely. Do, do they get a promotion at some point, or <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know? I, I'm, I'm thinking about this. Maybe a pay rise. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, so, your chief
0: data officer at Molotov. I'm curious, like, what is your goal in that position? What's the goal of a chief data officer?
1: Yeah, there there are several of them. Uh, it depends on, on the market landscape you belong in. It depends on whether you are in large companies or a startup or scale-up. I would say that overall, there are two main goals. The first one is to be ensure that you support the business, you support the product, you provide insightful endpoints for recommendation, personalization, machine learning, and all that stuff, and be a, a stakeholder partner for business decision, uh, ensure they have access to the right tooling, the right moment. Mm -hmm. They can leverage their talents of their own team to be autonomous and reduce the bottlenecks from data dependency. So I would say there are two main targets. The first one is ensure we have the right people to support the business and to make it grow. And the second one is more about the toolings and the platform, being sure that mm-hmm. we can provide the, the data platform, that is to say, the overall data stack that uh, is able to support those use cases and to be able to take best of read solutions, uh, ensure to maintain a cost line that is relevant to your PNL. And this is mainly a product uh, way of thinking where you manipulate data, you transform it, you make it ready, you make it accessible with APIs, and and basically this is. Of a, of a product data perspective where you get accustomed to building endpoints and platform where people mm-hmm. can, can join in, can interact, can leverage their insights from, and then continue to do their business on a day-to-day basis.
0: It's very interesting to me because it really sounds like you're providing platforms that then people can get the data they need for their feature and all that good stuff. And so um, I'm sure that requires to create a data culture in the company so that people know how to use the tools that you create, but also even think about, oh, yeah, I need to get some data about something. So how do you go about that as the chief data officer?
1: Yeah, this is a challenging question. I would say that it is mainly a state-of-mind perspective. I would say that one of my main challenges when I joined Molotov TV three years ago is that I was under the impression that people were expecting the data collaboration as a tech collaboration. That is to say, you order, you you send a brief, and, and two weeks after, you get your answer, and, and you continue on the day-to-day basis. And this internal client state-of-mind is something that I definitely struggled with too, because I'm thinking that it challenges the way the teams work together. It is not the the right state of mind to think about. So I, I definitely work hard with the teams to ensure that they can access at least on 70% on the day-to-day basis. They can have access to a platform where the answers are on the shelf or where the access is click-ready. And this is one of the struggles I'm really convincing when you switch the state of mind of a company and you kind of uh, turbocharge the way they access to data and they collaborate with the data teams is that this is strongly Relevant to ensure that people get autonomous. They have the right tooling to access to. You minimize the code dependency, you minimize the SQL, the Python stuff, because business stakeholders are not accustomed to being experts in tech language. And this is absolutely not the, the target they aim at. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking that the best step is, uh, I would say, democratize the way people can access to it, make it relevant and business focused. And once that is set, you can go to more advanced use cases, let's just say, uh, uh, machine learning endpoints. To, uh, scoring, personalization, which is more tech oriented, but which is the first step is definitely business impact. And once that is set, you can to recharge the, your mostly related back driven endpoints where where you can personalize the, the online experience and, and make the product shine because of the data you've you've infused in it.
0: One actually follow-up question, I, I don't know, 10 years ago, uh, I was working at a company and, trying to set up an analytics platform over there. And one of the questions that we asked ourselves was whether we are gonna do everything for the teams that need the data or whether we are taking the same approach that you are like setting a, a platform and then they would be responsible for taking ownership of the data. So you took the approach of the platform and I'm wonder if that allows you to get better buy-in from the teams into the data culture and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I would say to your point, 10 years ago, the term modern data stack was at a immature point. And definitely the way the data and the tech solutions Mm -hmm. enabling those data use cases or enabling the data development has definitely changed around for the past decade. And this definitely helped the data democratization because we have the skills, obviously, Mm -hmm. the first step, uh, analysts or engineering were definitely looked at uh, some kind of uh, curious uh, dinosaur in the company or curious uh, bird you don't know how to to interact with whereas nowadays because of the tooling because of the development of skills people get accustomed to working with those those kind of, of people and this is Combined with the set of solutions that is on the market, really ergonomic, really development thinking, oriented with the data teams that use them on a day-to-day basis, definitely changed the way we, we produced insights, definitely make it faster, make it accurate. And that changed the way we, we, we built the data. And at last, I would say that because of APIs, because of the way we develop a product nowadays, mm-hmm. you write easy entry points to reach to for enabling basic use cases that definitely dramatically change the way people and the end user interact with your product. So I would say that it reduced the entry barrier. And, and nowadays you can deliver some highly impactful use cases with minimum efforts, which is the the first step you you aim at to democratize it, to make it a success and say, okay, let's put the needle further and see how far we can go. Mm.
2: One thing that is really particular to Molotov is that you're present on a, on a lot of platforms. How many platforms by the way?
1: yeah, this is uh, mainly four device families, and we 've got six payment platforms to, to work with
2: and uh, I guess that's a uh, big challenge to be able to handle all these can well, maybe uh, share a little bit of, uh, of these struggles and, uh, and pains
1: absolutely. there are two sets of them on the development standpoint because of the different device we deliver the product to and because of the payment platform we interact with this is kind of an nightmare because you have to be aware of the threat which is reproducing one development sets to each and every platform each and every payment provider and that is a threat because we are on a a state of mind nowadays where you cannot uh, leverage and, and rise fundraise from 100 millions to 100 millions because of the cost of capital. Mm-hmm. And nowadays you are more inclined to think of a, a more centralized way of thinking where you uh, you make it a backend driven so that you develop the feature or you develop the core assets of the feature once for all. And then you only leave to the front ends, leave to, to the different payment providers the let's say the last mile of the, the added value and on 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 the payment platform times this is a, yeah this is a challenge on development standpoint because of of the future delivery because of the specify of the way you develop on the front end and this is as well a a challenge on the business standpoint because payment providers behaves differently, have a way to shape their data differently, provides um, insights about the subscription management differently. And so on a data standpoint, um, one of my job with the backend developer in charge of payment is ensure you provide a unified way of thinking of subscription all around the company Taking into account that you need to provide a, a layer of extractions that is able to be clever enough to take the different payment providers' specificity, yet be able to provide a single way of thinking, a single language of monitoring the different subscription management, whether on the product sides or on the reporting sides to ensure you provide accurate figures for financial staff and that kind of, uh, that kind of reporting.
2: So deep diving into uh, subscriptions and data, what are the metrics that you monitor or that the team that use? Uh, your platform uh, actually monitor. Can you can you share a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is several of them, but the first one, uh, which is uh, let's say, rulings. The other is obviously account of subscription and the average revenue per subscription, or average revenue per user, depending on how you you approach that. And all that, let's say, all the other major indicators derive from that bundle, the the colour subscription and the ARPU. So mainly you ensure after that that you maintain a cost of sales, which is reduced. You maintain a cost of acquisition, which is reduced, and you balance with your lifetime value. And basically afterwards, this is all about subscription management and growth. That is to say, growth churn, net churn reactivations lifetime value lifetime duration and for most uh, major people the lifetime value in and lifetime value out basically um, this is a specificity of the way you you hire a new subscription where you you have a forecast of the lifetime duration and maybe because of how you are going to to make the product evolve, you are about to have a lifetime value out, which is really higher because you have reduced churn. in the meantime. You have increased the average revenue per user and they kind a of feature that help us uh, improve the overall product experience and revenue management, uh, which is uh, the way to, to increase the value proposition of the product and to increase the value of the company at the end of the day.
0: And so Fubo has acquired of TV and at Fubo, they don't do in-app purchase. I guess it's all on the web. What is? Except for Roku, absolutely. Except for Roku. Okay. So what is the difference between Molotov, which does in-app subscription and Fubo that, you know, makes it work and, and maybe is there some consolidation coming down the pipe or?
1: Absolutely. There there, there is. There is nowadays in those very weeks about to launch a new experience, a new way of thinking subscription management, both overall in the Atlantic and at the end of the day for the French markets. Um, And definitely to your point, there is a continuous process of learning and sharing between the American markets and the French and the EMEA one. To your point, it's all a matter about how you address the business and in which market you are playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's say in the US, where you want to control the the subscription because it's a high-pressure market where you want to control the most your subscription revenue to reduce the most your fees dedicated to the payment providers. This is a market where you're in three Really hard, and you want to ensure that each and every dollar that you collect uh, at the end of the day, you, is, is, uh, you reduce the, the the cost associated with it to to leverage your margin. So this is a a market where you wanna you wanna ensure you control that growth, and you are able to deliver the tactics of anti churn and and retention that are the most um, accurate to to that high pressure business. On the French market, likewise, we're interested in, in make it grow, yet we have that tremendous opportunity because of the mobile way we grow uh, to have a deep integration with the manufacturer, that is to say the Apple Pay and, and the Google Pay, Amazon Pay, for instance, where you, let's say, uh, make a seamless experience of, of, uh, of subscription uh, take. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is to say, when you, for instance, on the mobile device, this is just a FEMBA way to provide your agreement with be able to pay with Apple Pay. And this is the kind of seamless experience where you want to look at when you intend to grow because it reduced the frictions in being able to subscribe. And then yet, okay, you agree to have a, a, a fee related to the manufacturers that distributes the payment provider. But yet... This is um, highly interesting insights that you get from that payment mm-hmm. provider. You can benchmark those different promo- payment providers and, and see if, if they provide the best survival rates and they provide the best experience and retention. And as well, you delegate the CB renewal all what's related to fraud prevention or related to payment recovery if, if there is some, some payment incident. So this is a different way to think about this and, and both has advantages and, and drawbacks. But at the end of the day, this is a matter of how you intend to grow and in which market
0: you are playing cool and so you know you obviously you guys are streaming lots of videos and i've always kind of wondered like is there a difference in content that makes a video worthy of a subscription or you know that needs to be supported by ads essentially
1: yeah that that's a good point it's um it's all about content quality exclusiveness and and frenchness you know Mm -hmm. that to your point uh, content is uh, is something that um, gets created gets exclusive gets right in a moment because this is a sports show that you intend to to live stream the last seasons and once this is played the match is over and i would say that the content uh, quality is highly reduced because of of that uh, momentum and fear of missing out effect mm-hmm. whereas on the on the series on the movies you have a more lifetime duration because a high quality movie can 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 be streamed for years and maybe decades without Deprecating the quality of that content. So, mm-hmm. to your point, what is subscription driven might be high quality content. We all, all have it in the mind: the Disney Plus highly qualified catalog, the Netflix one. Yet, uh, going into the the ad market, mm-hmm. and and so this it's all a matter about. Is your content exclusive? Is the quality remnant with the time, or is it highly snacking content that uh, that uh, that gets depreciated because mm-hmm. this is news and, and the main thing you are aiming at is latest news and, and news from the past week do not are not really interesting except for niche uh, topics. I would say so so it, it's it all depends on the, on the type of content and the category of contents and as well this is a, a question about how you, you intend to leverage that distribution fees mm. and and the deal you have contracted as a distributor molotov tv and, and fubo tv are highly interesting to looking at the balance between okay i've paid for that content how much revenue did i get from that and once that revenue is kind of expired on a subscription basis maybe there is a way to attract with a value proposition of a free content and leveraged ad revenue from that, if you have a powerful uh, ad market and you have, um, if you have CPM that are high enough to make it leverage from 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 that content. Interesting.
2: If you're not involved in that world, one could be uh, easily thinking that everybody, everything is related to the content and all the value of your subscription is related to the content. But I'm sure there are good add-ons uh, to subscription to make upsells beyond content and to make subscriptions appealing. Absolutely. This
1: is where the product experience itself uh, step in. Uh, we, if you reduce the, 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 content quality and the subscription management, you may have an empty nutshell. You may have a, a shit experience. Apologies <laughs> for my French, a dramatic experience on the, on whether the device, if you are only interested in having access to the player and to the content being streamed yet yes you can let's say step aside the product experience and only rules by the content quality you have yet to your point what maker thinking that there is a path uh, both for fubo and Molotov to grow is that people come for content obviously but then you have a product experience which is so high that you can both sell add-ons because there is some toppings that definitely changes the way people interact with the product in Fubo and Molotov and not in other platforms because of highly quality features, something really uh, advanced on the way people consume their content, some, some, some uh, way to, to record on, on one click button and then have access to the, the best moment of your shows. So this is the kind of, of, um, features that dramatically change people interact with your product make them stay because they have exclusiveness both in the content of course but of course in the feature and the way they interact with the product and to your point the best add-ons that we can think about is the extra hours of DVR to increase your your recordings and and increase the amount of movies series that you can record uh, and, and have in your buckets uh, this is about uh, multi screens. Uh, if you are on on a market where they have, uh, for instance, in the American market, they have TVs in each and every room. You may be interested in having concurrent plays, concurrent um, product experience in a same um, profile, in the same um, in the same account. Uh, and this is the kind of uh, a feature that you can pay for. And yeah, we can you, we can think about exclusivity. We can think about preview when you get a series that is released each and every week. You may say that okay, 24 hours before it is live online on on the major streaming services you can have access to exclusiveness. This is the kind of value proposition that definitely attracts people, makes them stay on their product and increase their pool if you are clever enough to change the way they interact with the product and see there is a path to take those add-ons. There is one burning topic
2: in everybody's uh, mouth and heads right now about Apple Vision Pro announcements, and for sure we could tend to think that it is going to replace every screen we have around, etc. We'll see how it goes about that. But what are your plans at uh, at Fubo about this uh, brand new device or well category or life-changing product, maybe?
1: Yeah, absolutely. To your point, this is uh, this is um, uneasy today to set that product experience and that device. Among the other, is it a enhanced experience? Well, obviously personal, but yet because of, of the through of the, of the vision pro, you can still see your TV and still interact with the last device that, you interact with and you are accustomed to streaming the, right. the TV with. And, and to your point, we, we have different ideas. It's been several years when we jumped in, the, in the VR experience and do make an integration of Molotov TV definitely in VR. And there was a, a definitely. Proof of concept that make a thing that there is a market in this, Uh, but yes, the the main thing that makes people consume the TV and makes them attract a specific event is the the group effect. I would say when you are a group of friends, a family event, you are interested into looking at the at the player and looking at the product because this is a way to to make people converge on a same consumable moment where you, ha- you have access and you stream and you interact with the TV and you claim for a soccer goal and, and, and you have that, um, that group effect that, that, that leverage the, the emotion and, and, and make it grow. Despite that, on the Vision Pro, this is a single experience. So I would say that we are thinking of it about obviously adding as a new device to stream TV with, but as well, make it an extension of the TV device that you interact with. Maybe it could be a second screen where you you have access to highly quality content about the soccer game you are looking at. Maybe it could be a way to interact with, with and, and make it dedicated to several metrics you are interested in, with a specific soccer player, a specific uh, context about about this this um, this TV shows, and and if the Vision Pro deeply interact with your Apple TV. For instance, it could be a way to interact with a product without touching the, the, the remote. It could be a way to change the channels. It could be a way to to ask for content rather than whether like clicking uh, arrows to access that content. So definitely things are open. We are looking at really closely. There is a, a way to test it, but yet with a three thousand and five hundred buckets, a, a, a device. This is a, a niche uh, niche target, and and we aim to to be mass market to to to, to make it grow.
2: Great. No no additional advertising on the, on the side, right? It, it
1: it could be an option, but uh, with with the highly premium experience of the Vision Pro, this is challengeable to to make uh, ad um, displays on, on that device so this is whole of the balance that olivia mentioned previously which is okay is it a premium feature premium content where you just want the best experience in the best product ever or is it some middle quality or low quality or long tail content where it's been streamed in in tons of devices in tons of of, of yours previously and you're more interested in to leverage that long tail content and make make ad out uh, of it
0: so, if people want to hear more about your thoughts on Division Pro, but probably more on data in the company as the chief data officer, where where can they go to hear more about you?
1: Yeah, obviously um, uh, there are different uh, ways to connect to that. Uh, there is obviously the email, but the best route is is LinkedIn. Obviously, whether direct, whether on mobile phone, if, if they already have access to it. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's different routes. I'm happy to uh, because we all we are all around the table, passionate about the stuff we are we are leaving with. So, mm-hmm. so definitely uh, they can reach out and, and and grab a cup of coffee, and I'd be delighted to um, to go into into a deeper conversation about those topics.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for sharing all your experience as the Chief Data Officer with us. It was really awesome to have you on.
1: Thanks a lot, guys. Happy to connect. On behalf of the Purchase.ly team,
0: thank you for listening to the Subscription League podcast. If you've enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or other audio platform. To find out more about Purchase.ly and how we can improve your subscription business, visit Purchase.ly.com. Please hit subscribe in your podcast player and don't miss any future episodes can also listen to previous episodes at subscriptionleague.com. See you soon!